Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 99 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. 99 means we're one episode away from the historic 100th episode, so uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm Gary. I'm here with uh, Byron, as usual. How are you doing today, Byron? Gary, I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. 99th time. <laughs> 99th, yep. So, uh, yep. And, uh, man, we got a great show today. Um, we've got an interview with uh, Black Belt Alexander Trans. Uh, he's out in Dubai. Um, so that's going to be a cool interview. We're going to learn a lot from him. As usual, we've got our article of the week and the quote of the week. And then, uh, and we got Byron here. I mean, what else can you ask for? <laughs> Byron, yeah. what, what have you been up to lately? Anything cool going on? Oh, uh, I just got back from a little, little trip. Little trip? Where'd you go? Little like trip. the other side of Kansas or? Maybe down to Oklahoma. Yeah, I went to uh, with my wife to visit some family in uh, a country called Burma or Myanmar. It has two names, I guess. And Burma. also went to Thailand. Can't beat that. So it was uh, an experience, and I actually got to train uh, while I was there in Burma. Oh, that's neat. How was it training there? It was good. I, I think uh, maybe we got a couple of new listeners over there, and uh, had a lot of fun and. Uh, and uh, they're they're a tough group, and they they have all they it's it's one of those groups you know, you tell they they're there having a blast, you know everybody yeah. there was having a good time, and they were very welcoming, and and uh, I'm glad I glad I got to train with those guys. Oh, that's cool to hear, and that's what we always talk about. You you go on vacation, uh, like we always say here. If you happen to come through Kansas, you know holler at us, train with us. But you go on vacation, you you try to find a place to train, and, and you meet some new friends, and you learn some new stuff. So that's really neat. It uh, sounds like you had a great time. Also, I did a uh, presentation about uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to a group of about two hundred students. Two hundred, like. <laughs> High school students, uh, elementary no, uh, students? elementary students. I, oh, I think that's it neat. was. I think it was like they didn't have like the real little kids, and I think it was like maybe kindergarten or first grade on up to maybe eighth, and uh, and they all the interesting. Thing, they all do taekwondo as as exercise in the, you know at school every day, so they all know oh, what that awesome. is. But uh, we were able to do a little jujitsu stuff, and I. I taught him a throw, and I had a couple of students throw me, and it was kind of fun. <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be neat? Like if the United States, we all did Brazilian jiu-jitsu in gym or wrestling, or that'd be kind of neat. You it's know, ca- kind of funny art. you mentioned that because uh, that, that's what you know Alexander is doing in, in in Abu Dhabi. He's they do jujitsu, and but the thing about it is is they have to do it. So a lot of them don't have the passion for it that you would if you did it as a you know something that you actually wanted to do. So it's uh, he expresses some of his feelings about that and how it's kind of hard to get some of the students to train and and what it's like. But uh, and then compared to like a regular class where everybody's excited to be there and you're training with a world class athlete like him, that's amazing. And so that's, that's crazy. Like you said, uh, everybody in a regular class is happy to be there. They're paying monthly dues, and you've got uh, free classes in your school, and uh, you're not happy to be there as, <laughs> as much. But, you know, I guess everybody likes different stuff, so yeah. I can totally understand that. Somebody, jujitsu may not be for them. It's um, good to expose but it to it's always it. good just to open your horizons, try different stuff, and uh, see if you like it or, or if you don't. 
That's right. You got to get uh, exposed to different things and uh, see what see what's good for you. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we've got a great great show on hand today, and uh, basically, if you never want to miss a show, which uh, hopefully you don't want to, um, definitely uh, get on our email list. Um, if you get on our email list, it's it's right there on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll have a link to it. We'll actually have a link to it on the show notes here. But um, it uh, uh, on basically, you just give a give us your email on Tuesdays. We'll send you out a. a uh, link to the show there so you won't miss it and you also get uh, uh, every now and then you get a free uh, audio clip uh, sometimes uh, a chapter from Byron's audiobook uh, so uh, definitely uh, get on the email list that way you'll never miss an episode yep and that's uh, it sends it automatically so it's, it's easy for us to do as well um, so if you want to uh, Give us a little hand here and support the podcast. Or if you're new to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and you want a little more information about uh, what you should be doing and, and maybe some pitfalls to avoid, we do have an audio book that's available uh, for eleven ninety nine. Uh, there will also be a link to that on the, on the uh, website there. It's uh, just about two and a half hours and it's kind of me just walking you through um, what to expect and what's going to happen your first year and kind of help you through some of the, the difficult times that you may you may see and, and hopefully make it your ride a little more smooth. Yeah, that's awesome. And we actually had a review from one of our listeners who uh, uh, talk about that uh, um, he bought the, the audio book Byron wrote, and it's a great listen. Um, it, those are exact words. So uh, uh, he said he started jujitsu over one month ago, and uh, so it's helped him out. So uh, definitely check it out. It's getting great reviews. A lot of good uh, material in there to, to help you through your journey. Well, Gary, I think it's time for our quote of the week here. We found one. We uh, searched the Internet for the best possible quote that was out there. Guess what we found? You know, what did we find, Byron? <laughs> what do we got We got a, a quote from uh, President Calvin Coolidge. He's our president? He He was. Oh, okay. It's, we're talking about in the past here. Oh, okay, because I thought it was Donald Trump. <laughs> so he said uh, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence talent will not nothing is more common than unsuccessful man- men with talent you have to be persistent in everything you do i mean how many times have you tried something we, you know we were just talking about it's always good to try jujitsu you, you may have a lot of athletic talent right off the bat jujitsu is going to be tough if, if something you really want it you're going to pre- keep going. You're you're going to be persistent. You're not going to stop. You're going to make sure you come to class as many times as possible. You're going to drill on the side. Um, you know, study. You know, keep a journal. Anything to get better. You're just going to be persistent. And keep keep coming and coming and coming. I think you know if you've done jujitsu for a little while, you see uh, somebody come in and they're pretty good to start with. You know, they pick it up fairly naturally. They have that. Uh, a little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it talent, or they just pick it up a little easier than most. But Their mileage thicker. Yeah, but they don't stick with it, you know, and, and that's the, the world's full of people who are talented that are unsuccessful because they don't yeah. have that persistence. Yeah. You know, let's even take talent out of the equation. You know, I just think the persistence is so so dominant there. You think about somebody who came in to a jiu-jitsu class or, you know, a practice or whatever – and you saw the person, and they weren't very athletic, weren't very strong. Uh, 
you know what I mean? They just didn't move very efficiently. But they just kept at it. I mean, I've seen numerous people like that, and they didn't quit. They just kept coming, even if it's only twice a week, even if it's only once a week. They kept coming, and years down the road, they're total monsters on the mat now. They they move smooth. Uh, they they will shock you. They they can get a, a very athletic person coming in the first time, and, and they're going to put a hurting on that person. Uh, well, they can put a hurting on them. Normally. <laughs> they're such good people. They're not going to. But, uh, I mean, it's just that persistence. Do not stop. You just keep going. Yep. That's, uh, and that, I think that's a trait that jujitsu helps develop. Yes, definitely. And that trait, I mean, we're talking about jujitsu. It's your whole life. I mean, everything you do. I mean, everything. I mean, you think about me back in my underwater knife fighting classes. <laughs> I mean, I was persistent. I didn't let the water, I mean, sometimes the water's murky. Sometimes it's not. I went there every day. And you didn't even know how to swim, if I could remember yep. that correctly. Yep. Yep. Well, I used floaties. Yeah. Yep. For underwater. <laughs> well, Byron, I think it's time for the uh, article of the week. All right. What do we have? This week, we have George Jitsu, My BJJ Journey. How is that? George Jitsu. That's a pretty good title there. But uh, uh, especially talking about how to get the most out of your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class. And uh, basically, you know, it goes on to start. Classes aren't cheap, especially for a university student. And normally when you're in school or you have a family or you're, or a job, you don't have a lot of free time. And a lot of times you can't train every single day. You, you might be lucky to train once or twice a week. So it's a great idea if you can, if somebody can guide you through maximizing your learning potential while in class. Uh, get the most out of each time you're there. And, um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a great article. And, uh, you know, he writes down uh, uh, five ideas to, to get more out of your classes. And, you know, the first one he has is uh, ask questions. And, um, you know, and that's a big thing. And I saw somebody put something on Facebook today, and it said, uh, the person who asked the question is, uh, is a fool for a minute. But the person who doesn't ask a question is a fool for a lifetime. And basically, we're never going to know everything. So uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, you never be afraid. Your instructor's going want to want you to get better. Ask questions. That's the only way you're going to pick up little things that you might have missed. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Number two on his list of uh, things that will help you get the most out of your classes to write some things down. Uh, we hear this all the time from from multiple top level people. You know, keep a journal. You know, it could be uh, Evernote on your phone. It could be a pad of paper you have in your gym bag. Uh, write things down. It, it really helps you, especially at the beginning. You're learning so many new techniques all the time. You know, if you learn three techniques a night and you go two or three times a week at the course of a month, that's a lot to remember. But just by the act of writing it down. Uh, you have to remember it to write it down, and then if you review it uh, even just once, that's that's really two reviews because you reviewed it as you wrote, wrote it down, and then you reviewed it as you read it, and that really helps get things into your head a little bit better. Yep, and then number three there, uh, practice techniques when live rolling. And remember, rolling isn't about winning or losing. Uh, it's not about how many times you can tap out your training partner. You want to practice the techniques, and specifically the techniques you were just taught. So, you know, you're, you've taught, uh, you went over some techniques in class. Try those. Try the techniques you've been taught, you know, the previous, like three weeks is, is kind of what the, 
what uh, George is saying there. But uh, remember, try the techniques. Work, you know, work on, you know, perfecting those. Get better at it. Don't don't just treat live rolling as winning or losing. So practice your techniques while when rolling. I love that one. It always makes me remember things better if I can actually pull it off. Yep. Today you learn it. Uh, number four is stop, discuss, and continue. Um, so especially when you're rolling with a, a more advanced student. And, and something comes up, and maybe it happens twice. You know, you get armbarred twice in the same role. Uh, it's a good time to ask a question, like, well, what can I do differently? Or how are you doing that? Show me how, you know. Uh, but it's not recommended that you use the discussion to get out of the submission or any of that kind of a thing. Go ahead and, and, and fight, you know, hard and, 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 and have a good role. After you get tapped or after something happens, you could then ask a question. And the uh, vast majority of students are happy to share their knowledge. Yep, yeah, seems like everybody is, is always good about doing that. Um, number five, I think this is a great one. Start where you're uncomfortable. Um, basically, especially if there's a gap between the guy you're training with, or or you're just trying to get better at a position, start where you're where you're weak at. Um, you know, the, the, the author talks about you know with arm bars. You know, maybe arm bars isn't my place. Start. You know, with my opponent mounting me, forcing me to learn how to escape an armbar, escape the mount, um, get better at that part, part of your game. And, uh, you know, it, basically, I love this part. Your goal is to learn, not to win. Um, that's kind of what we were just talking about. And you think about when you're, you're training, your goal is to learn, not win. You're going to keep learning. Every time you're out there training, you're going to learn, and then you're going to go to that competition, then you're going to win. You're going to learn too, but... You're going to win. So uh, definitely uh, start where you're uncomfortable. Yep. That kind of wraps up the article. There's obviously more to it than what we just did. We just covered the, the basic points there. I love the uh, his uh, little tagline there, making the ground my paradise one clumsy step at a time. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu beginner based in New South Wales, Australia. That's cool. I like the making the grandma paradise. <laughs> you think about how many clumsy steps we've all taken. And, and when you first started, you were a little more clumsier than you probably are now. But I tell you, every day I get out there, I'm clumsy. So uh, we get a little bit better each week. Nice article. We'll put a link to that in the show notes and so you can find it and, and check out his website there. Uh... We're good to go. After the uh, interview airs, uh, stay tuned. We'll talk about uh, uh, the project we're doing for episode 100, and we'll have a few uh, reviews to read that that our listeners have uh, been nice enough to write write about us. So, yeah, we always appreciate all the reviews. Um, uh, makes it worthwhile and, and helps us get better. Absolutely. So here is Alexander Trans. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. Every time he gets a submission, Subway gives away a free sub. He can get you a toe by three this afternoon with nail polish. He has lost more than one tooth teaching the kids class. His bucket list can be used as an actual bucket. It often holds ice, gauze, and Vaseline. I don't always listen to podcasts. But when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay listening, my friends. All right, my friends, I am happy to bring uh, Alexander Trans to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Alexander, thank you for giving us an interview today. Uh, we're excited to hear from you and, uh, and, and hopefully learn from you and see what you're up to. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. 
if if somebody hasn't heard of you yet or they haven't been uh, keeping up with the competition scene, could you kind of describe yourself and, and just kind of give us a little introduction about uh, who you are and where you're from and what you're doing? Yeah, um, yeah so my name is Alexander. I'm uh, 26 and I'm from Denmark. Uh, and I've been training jiu-jitsu for 11, 11 years now. Um, I am, I'm a world champion in, at Purple Belt, waiting absolute at uh, Brown. Uh, won uh, all the big tournaments in, in at Brown Belt, uh, waiting Open Class European, Pan. Uh, won Noki Worlds, uh, Pan Noki, Brazilian uh, Nationals Noki, um, and uh, Brasileiro. And then at the Black, I'm, I'm a three-time European champion, Pan American champion, Brazilian National champion. Two-time uh, uh, European champion in ADCC, and then I'm at the world. I'm two times second place and uh, three times third place, and uh, three second places at in the World Pro as well. So I, I compete a lot. I like to compete. Um, besides that, I'm for the last two years I've been living here in uh, Abu Dhabi, where I'm at uh, currently, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. Wow! Yeah, you're a busy guy. You're you're competing a lot against the top name uh, competitors out there. You're definitely one of them. Um, what are you doing there in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, so here in Abu Dhabi, I've been here for the last uh, almost two years, um, where I'm uh, I've been teaching in the public school. Um, they have a jiu-jitsu project here. Um, the name of the country is UAE, uh, and then there's uh, the capital is Abu Dhabi, and then there is um, uh, Abu Dubai, that many people probably know as well, um, and uh, Abu Dhabi, of course, people know from the ADCC and from the the World Pro. But uh, down here, they have uh, in the in the public schools they have jujitsu, and um, I also, they also have it in the military jujitsu program. So uh, I think there are over 300, three over three hundred black belts here teaching, and I've been teaching for the last two years in wow. the schools. Is all are all of those black belts teaching like in the school system? Uh, some are. Uh, the majority is in this. No, I think the majority now is in the military actually because they ex, they're expanding the project. But it's like they I don't. I guess like a hundred in the school and two hundred military. But okay. I could be wrong. But it's like divided. And what what age uh, of kids they, are you teaching? Oh, so I, I, I teach kids that are like between, uh, I think, 11, 15. And then there's some schools where they're a bit older. But like actually the my job here has been more of like a school teacher, like the, trying to educate them than really teaching jiu-jitsu. You know, it's not, a, it's not, it's not really that advanced. Uh, it's pretty limited how much we can work techniques and stuff with them. So it's a different kind of uh, job. It's like a, it's a challenge, but it's it's been been interesting. So uh, when, when I hear you you're teaching over there at a school, I pictured um, you have a a room with mats and a big mat space and a bunch of kids on the mat. Is that so? Are you teaching in a classroom and then sometimes for mats, or how does that work? No, it's a it's a special uh, jujitsu room where there's a small office, and then me and my colleague we 
have an office and uh, there's a lot of paperwork involved as well in the work. And then it's like a normal subject. So they have it uh, once a week, uh, each uh, class. And then it's like a normal subject, less English or math or anything else. So and they get like uh, notes, uh, what's called marks as well. They get uh-huh. grades. Do, do most of the kids uh, enjoy the jiu-jitsu? No. <laughs> it's, very, it's very difficult to uh, make them train. There are a few. Then we have like two times a week. We have the, something called the effort class that is for kids that want to train because during the week it's more kind of like an introduction and a lot of games and stuff. And then they have other uh, uh, extracurricular uh, programs that are like uh, for people, for the kids that want to compete and stuff. And it's like, and they can train every day. But in the school, it's just like two times a week for the kids that want to train and bring their gi and stuff. And then the rest is just more like an introduction, like a play. And, and, and a lot of them are just kind of just going through the motions and not really uh, trying that hard at, hard with it. Um, the majority doesn't even participate. They just uh, leave the room. Or if we like on the first school I, I was at, they had, we had to keep them inside the room, and that was like really difficult because they they pretty much uh, break everything and uh, fight and stuff. But then um, then in the in the school that uh, I was at now, they we we only got the ones that actually trained. So the the other ones they went out with a physical education teacher and they played a ball and then we had but a lot of times it's like maybe if there are like 25 30 kids then we have two that that actually want to participate so it's it's difficult the, i i can't believe the uh the opportunity that the kids have you know train with a world champion um you know as a child and and uh it seems like if, if a kid does want to get good at jiu-jitsu uh, going to a school like that would be a great opportunity for for the child yeah, I mean, uh, I think I've been unlucky as well with the with the schools I've, I've been to, but there are some schools where the kids train more and stuff. There are some kids that like to train and compete and stuff. But that's like that's one of the reasons as well that I'm moving now, uh, that I'm uh, leaving because it's uh, my passion is is competing, training, but also I love teaching. But I like teaching people who want to learn. Uh, I don't want to. I don't like fighting uh, with the kids, uh, trying to make them uh, like arguing, trying to make them do jujitsu. If, if, like I'm, I'm like uh, if they don't want to train, then then let them do something else. You shouldn't yeah. force it. You should uh, motivate them and try to make them do it, but you can't force it down their throat. Then they're just gonna hate it even more. So that's been like. Uh, not, I got used to it, but it's a bit frustrating sometimes to not really see your work uh, going anywhere. There's no evolution in the work. It's just like going through the motions and, you know, so that's one of the reasons that I'm going to, going to leave. That's, that's one of the benefits to, um, teaching, I guess, outside of a school system is that people who are at the, at the class want to be there and they really enjoy it. And I think that they're easier to teach. So, um, yeah. talking about leaving, um, just for everybody who's listening, um, Today is uh, July 30th. This interview won't air till um, early September. So um, just kind of a help with the time frames there. Um, what, when, when are you heading out of the country? Uh, in about a month. I'm going to do, uh, do a surgery on my knee. 
that I heard at the I heard money at the worlds. So I'm gonna have to do a ACL reconstruction and uh, also uh, a meniscus. Uh, they're gonna fix my meniscus as well. Um, and then I'll have to stay here for a month. And then I'm leaving. So I'll be leaving in uh, yeah early September. And then um, and then I'll I'll stay in uh, in Denmark. And I'll be doing my rehab in Denmark. Uh, and uh, I'll be giving a few seminars. Uh, and uh, then um, when I'm ready to start training again, I'm gonna move to Brazil. Well, wow, that sounds like a, a great plan, and uh, definitely wish you luck on your uh, on your rehab on your leg there on your knee. Um, you were doing uh, so great at, at Worlds this year, and then you, uh, you you did you hurt your knee in a match with uh, Kavaka? Was that it? Yeah, yeah, did you- yeah. I was feeling great in the in the other fights. Um, I had three fights in the absolute, and I made it to the final, and then I had a, another fight in the my weight class on the on Saturday as well and then my first fight on Sunday I hurt my knee uh, this knee I, I already heard it I had a partial ACL tear back in 2008 but I hadn't been I haven't been having problems with it I heard it again in 2011 but I, I was fine and but then in uh, December last year I uh, I popped it uh, pretty bad and it became loose and and I started training like pretty fast after I think one or two weeks, and I didn't get an MRI because I was like I wasn't gonna do the surgery anyway, like just before the the season. And I, but I was like treating actually this knee. I was treating it through the whole season, the this year. But then at Worlds I wasn't feeling anything. Then uh, I remember like Saturday night uh, I was feeling a bit sore on my knee, on my right knee. But I was like, you know, it's I don't think it's anything too serious. It was just like the ligament felt like on the side was a bit sore. And then in my first fight against Kavaka on Sunday, he uh, right when he put me in 50-50 and it wasn't a knee bar or footlock or anything. It happened right in the first seconds. Uh, when he spanned to to put me in 50-50, my money just uh, popped like really. Uh, it was like a, a big uh, pop. Oh. Inside the end, it became. I, I felt it right away. Uh, it became completely loose, and then I, I got stuck in fifty-fifty. And every time he would um, try to balance me to the side, I could feel my knee uh, going out of place. So you can see on the video, I put my hand on my on the side of my knee because my knee uh, kept going out of place, and like it was really, really, really painful. Like uh, even with the adrenaline, I was sweating like. Uh, like cold, you know, like uh, I was almost freezing, like because of the the pain. And the only thing I could think about was like, how am I, how am I gonna like uh, win the fight, and, and how am I gonna fight? How am I gonna continue after? I was like in the final of the absolute. That's like was a dream for me to not only fight but to win, try to win as well, of course. And then that happens like a. Not even like a submission hold or anything, but just like a stupid situation that normally wouldn't happen and my knee just explodes. But then I managed to win the fight. Uh, and uh, I went, right when I went out, I was still hot. I could I could still walk. Uh, but then uh, and I told the doctors to just tape it up as, as hard as he could. But then I, I couldn't um, I couldn't flex my, my knee at all. So I couldn't, when I tried to... Uh, 
to put uh, my shoes on, I, I kept falling and I couldn't like. So uh, there was no way that I could continue, you know. So I had to had to stop. Wow, that is that. I feel sorry for you. I know you worked uh, very hard to get there, and you you made it to the finals in absolute, which is a phenomenal accomplishment. And you you beat a lot of tough guys uh, getting there. And then to just have an accident, not 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 even a submission, just an accident, and you were still able to win that match. That's amazing. And it sounds like you were going through like some your body was going through some shock. You know, you the way you, you describe how you were feeling. Uh, it's amazing that you're able to to hang in there and actually win that. That I don't I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but that's 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 amazing. And uh, and then of course you're not going to be able to compete um, at Abu Dhabi this summer. Uh, and that, and everyone was looking forward to seeing you there, but uh, it sounds like you just your jujitsu has is at a level right now where uh, you're ready for next time. It sounds like as soon as you get your knee ready and and uh, and everyone's excited to, to see you back on the mat as soon as uh, as soon as you get healthy. Thanks. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really sad uh, that it happened right now because of course it's it, that's never a good time for it to happen, but it's like. I'm right in a point in my life where right now I had made I had made the decision uh, that I, were, I, I I wanted to leave uh, Abu Dhabi and, and try to focus 100% on my on my career as a competitor. So uh, I already had plans of uh, moving to Brazil and uh, like I just there was a lot of things happening right now. Like also now I, I just signed a contract with Copa Poggio and I'm gonna be fighting in, in their events now. Um, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll, hopefully I'll be ready for the, for the season next year. I'm going to try to be ready for World Pro, or, and uh, if not that, then, um, then Copa Podio in May and then the Worlds next year. But let's see, I'm going to have to respect, like it's a, it's a serious injury, a serious surgery, so I'm, I'm going to have to listen to my body and have, have to wait and see how it, how it goes, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best, so... Yeah, and and I and I'm, I am too, and I know everybody else is, and uh, I'm glad to hear that you're going to be smart about uh, getting your knee better, and uh, you're you're still uh, very young and and uh, doing so good on on the competition scene. Um, you 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 fight, um, you have a lot of matches, uh, and you get um, a lot of times it seems like you're competing against the same people um, <laughs> multiple times, even within a year. You know, yeah. so. Uh, from that perspective, when you're training, it, are you focused more on um, how to make your your jujitsu better, or are you trying to think about what they're going to do and 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 counter that? How how are you uh, training for these people? Actually, I'm I'm uh, I'm training more for just uh, just training to get myself better. Um, but then, I, of course, already always when when I have a fight and I see after I watch the the tapes and see what mistakes I made, and then I try to focus on that on on correcting that, um, watching my general mistakes and like specific mistakes as well. Um, but like actually, while I've been living here in Abu Dhabi as well, the part like of doing strategy, which is important as well. But that's one of the things that I pre- just haven't had time to as well, uh, because uh, it like my job here has been really demanding, and uh, it is I, I work like uh, here the the weekend is uh, uh, Friday Saturday, so uh, Sunday to Thursday I've been working like uh, 
seven uh, seven or more plus uh, hours a day. Then uh, there's like meetings uh, a lot of times after work. And sometimes we have to work the whole day in the in the weekend to go take the kids to a championship or something. But still, I've been doing like six six jujitsu trainings and six uh, physical preparations per week, which is less than than I, I used to do. But the the quality of the training has been good. Uh, like there are a lot of tough guys here and good uh, training partners. Uh, but like. I don't have that much. It's like a general training. It's not like a. It's still not a specific competition training. So it's been really difficult, like to keep up with the other guys, like uh, that are training two or three times a day. Um, I think I did uh, evolve in, in my game uh, the last the, the time I've been here, but uh, I'm really I'm really happy to now be able to to focus 100% on my career. Because to to compete at the the top level today, it's while working a full time job. Then it's, it's it's like really difficult. If if I had been teaching at an, an academy where then I could probably train with my students and do drilling and probably sparring as well and stuff. But uh, here it's only it's just uh, work. It's it's kind of like a, a job outside of jujitsu almost. You know, so it's uh, it's been difficult. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you're teaching. Uh, math classes and, and, and language courses and uh, a little bit of jiu-jitsu to children and uh, you end up uh, you know in the finals of the absolute at worlds that's that's phenomenal um, I, I I could tell your training your partners there that you do get to train with are really good but I'm uh, once you move to Brazil and, and really pick it up there it's going to be uh, really interesting to watch you uh, progress even more where in Brazil do you plan to end up so uh, right now my plans are to go to uh, Rio, but I'm still um, I'm, st- I'm still uh, looking uh, into it. But it's uh, I'll, I'll probably be going to Rio. Well, that sounds good. You can't uh, beat that for quality training partners, um, and you could train as much as you want. You know, compared to what you're able to do now and uh, with your with the limited training. For sure. Do you train differently when you, for no gi, or or do you do you put the gi away when it's time to to get ready for a no gi competition? Like I um, again here, I, I don't I haven't had the chance to really decide uh, about my own training. So sometimes, like uh, like for example, last year I was going to do the uh, the European Championship for ADCC, the trials, and. Uh, and like the other guys were doing some, some more uh, gi, so I ended up doing more gi than uh, no gi. But usually I like to take the gi off, like uh, and maybe do a few gi training still, but but not uh, necessarily. Like I I I prefer to just take it completely off at least a month before, maybe like uh, two months, because it's just uh, it's just different. It's like they both help each other, and but I I spent the whole year. Training just in the gi, so I think it's it's good when I have a competition that I fo- uh, focus solely on on the no gi, and I feel it all, also um, when I start training and I like training no gi, but I always like the first couple of trainings I'm like kind of kind of confused because it's a different way to play guard, it's a it's a it's a different way to pass, and uh, it's just a it's just a different game, so I, I like to take it off. 
That, that sounds good, and it, it's uh, it's working for you. Um, I know you do a lot of uh, knee bars, toe holds, uh, leg attacks. Um, what is it about those that you found? Why are they so, so successful for you? Um, I don't know. I think uh, it's just a, a lot of times I get them when I'm when I'm, I'm playing guard uh, usually, and when I'm trying to sweep, and then uh, people forget about their legs, and I and I attack the leg. It's not. Uh, I don't uh, f- feel like it's. Uh, I'm like a specialist, and that I'm. I'm not like the kind of guy to just. If I'm on top, I'm not gonna drop back for a leg lock or anything like that. It's like. Uh, it's just. I think it's just a, a part of my game, and maybe some people neglect it a bit and not, don't train it as much. But uh, in my training, I don't focus more on it than in on on other submissions. It just. It, it do. It does happen a lot. Uh, in competition so uh, yeah but I, I do I try to I think it's a good it's a good way to to work your guard you, you switch between uh, attack sweep uh, attacking the sweep and the submission to to have keep your to have more options so yeah that, that keeps the opponent trying to guess which trying to do, or if they defend the sweep yeah. well, sometimes they're they're open for the submission, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it happens a lot. Like I'm going for the sweep, and then they they open up for the for the the leg lock or foot lock, and sometimes the other way around as well. I attack the the foot lock or leg lock, and then they open up for the for the for the sweep. And I also use it while passing the over underpass. I like the the inverted knee bar from there as well for the same reason, like to keep yeah. just to have more more options. I I always try that one, but I just I I'm missing. I know at least a little bit of a detail to to be able to get that inverted knee bar. But uh, I see it done, and, uh, and I know it's there. But uh, I just can't quite pull it off myself. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's there. To get the the angle right. Yeah, I think that's probably my mistake. Um. How long ago did you get your black belt? I got it in uh, in 2011, so I'm going on my. It's going to be my fourth year. How has the transition been from? Um, you won uh, major tournaments at purple and brown. Um, how was that? Can you remember like the first year competing at black belt? What that was like for you? Yeah, it was like it. There was a big difference, you know. The the, the level is really different. Like I in, at Brown, I didn't I didn't lose uh, while competing as a brown belt. I had I had a I fought the ADCC as a brown belt where I fought the Red Doom and I won yeah. on, on two uh, minus. No, I lost. Sorry, I lost on two minus points back in 2011. But besides that, like fighting within the gi, I didn't uh, lose as a brown belt, and I competed all the major tournaments but then I, my, my first uh, competition as a black belt was the European in 2012 and uh, I won but I, I the, the level was just completely uh, different like uh, there was no space for mistakes and I had to to change my game as well because like before I used to just play uh, like a half guard I would just close my legs around uh, my opponent's legs and just try to work my way in, even let them hug my head sometimes. And I just saw that in black belt. That's uh, if you do that with some guys, then you're just not not gonna gonna get under them. 
you're gonna get past. So yeah, I had to. It's it's a different. It's very different. A lot of times you see the guys coming up that uh, that won worlds at Brown, and you see them doing well um, because they are, they keep evolving and uh, and they have the like the the experience from competing a lot, but uh, the level is just it's way different from brown to black i think yeah I, yeah it's uh it's impressive to see and it's always fun to watch uh, the brown belts make that step up and and uh and adapt their game um what do you do before you compete like um the minutes up until you're you're on the mat are you warming up are you trying to relax or or what, what do you do to to get yourself ready for the match um so when i'm competing now one thing that i'm uh that i learned to um to to really be conscious about is my is what I eat during the day. Uh, like before, I would get uh, really nervous and I wouldn't eat that much. And I would eat it in the morning a bit, and then I wouldn't eat. I would stay the whole day without eating. But then sometimes I would get like uh, I would eat like nine o'clock in the morning, and my I would be fighting at five still without having eating. You know, and I think maybe because I'm a big guy as well, but I ha- also have my my, like my blood sugar is pretty uh, like if I don't eat I, I just I get dizzy and like uh, I get uh, I don't feel well so now I'm, I'm just being very conscious about trying to like just uh, get I like I like those uh, gels and uh, energy gels and bananas and just a little bit like during the day to get the keep the energy up um, like for the mental aspect I just try to relax. Um, before I, I would just sit in the hotel room like the the, the last few days bef- before the competitions. And but now I I already watch a lot of video. And I know all the guys I'm fighting. I, I I watch a bit, you know, just to to keep my head. And I, of course, I think all the time. I think about strategies and stuff. But I like to also think about something else. Go out and just walk around and try to think about something else. Talk about something else because it's not like I'm. In like the day before, I'm gonna forget everything about jujitsu. It's gonna be automatic anyway when I when I'm gonna fight. So there's no reason to think overthink it. So that's one way that uh, that I, I learned to deal with like the nerves and stuff. I still get nerves. I still get really nervous, uh, but uh, but it's been a lot better. And then on the day, I um, I just uh, I eat the breakfast and I go to the venue. I like to go like maybe like two hours before. And then uh, about like an hour and an hour, an hour and a half before I put on my gi, and then I think like usually like forty thirty minutes before I'll do like a warm up, like the same routine that I always do, uh, just like uh, some uh, stretching, like just moving uh, the body, like swinging arms and uh, hips and everything, and then just get my get a sweater uh, on and just feel that. Uh, like the get up not exhausted but just get the break the first um, like when you get a bit sore in the throat like do a few sprints so you just or do like some jumping jacks so just get your your pulse up so you don't get because if not you're gonna get that uh, shock and you always get that in the first match I think anyway like you get that shock like you go out of the fight uh, sometimes if, if it was a hard fight and you think like how am I I'm gonna do the next one, you know. But then the next one, you fight better and better. So that's pretty much it. Like, just I try to keep calm and focused. And I usually when I 
after I have done my warm up or during my warm up or when I have my gear on, then I'm relaxed. I'm nervous like the day before, the night before, on the morning. In the morning, I'm really nervous. But then when I get my gear on, then I'm then I'm relaxed. You you said uh, in describing your your routine that you warm up like you always do, like you're the same uh, set of warm ups that you do. Um, when you're not competing. And so maybe, do you think that helps your body kind of get ready and, and help you to be familiar? Like, I've been here before, I do this all the time, and uh, just help get you ready to, to step on the mat um, and, and take it a little more seriously than when you're just training? Yeah, it's uh, it's like a specific routine, and I do like, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I guess, a bit uh, OCD uh, with the, some things. Like, I even... Then I, I count how many times I swing my arms uh, back and forward. I have like the same movements that I go through, so it's just like an automatic uh, routine. And um, yeah, I think it, it helps to get like to get the mind going. Like okay, now we're we're here again, and you know, so yeah. That's it. Sounds like a, a great way to get get your mind and body uh, ready to uh, to go to work there. Um, if if you have a student that um, a student that is excited about jujitsu and you know like a normal jujitsu student, uh, and they're going to compete for the first time, well, what advice would you give them? Uh, to to try to have fun and try to, and I tell that to myself even today. I have to tell myself that that I'm here because I, of course, it's not only fun because it's also my like my 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 job, of course, but. Um, but uh, that uh, that I'm I'm there because I, I like to do it and uh, yeah and I would be doing it for for free as well and or paying for it like, as I have done for a, for a long time as well and um, and I, that uh, that I'm there because it's fun and I and I like it and and you have to remind your brain about that because the adrenaline and the nerves that's just it's just it's normal to to get those uh, thoughts that. Uh, Oh, I'm gonna lose, and uh, sometimes it's not even. It's, it's. I don't know if you can call it a, a fear, really, because it's not something specific. It's just nerves, and I think you just have to, like, let the adrenaline just, uh, just uh, let it, uh, let it, uh, yeah, f- flow through your body and just accept it. If you try to fight it, then you just gonna, it's gonna be worse. So just. Uh, Try to relax and try to have fun. I think would be my advice. And, and with the adrenaline, that's just part of the experience. If you know, it would be, um, it's just part of it. Expect it and, and deal with it when it when it gets there. It sounds like, yeah. But having fun is a big part, and that'll that'll. Uh, it's important to have fun whether you do well or not, especially at the you know if it's your first tournament uh, to enjoy it. Do you remember what you were like as a blue belt? Yeah, I, I would get really nervous. I was really nervous. I like actually my f- first tournament was in uh, some, like some they call it sport ju- jujutsu. That's like a uh, it's like the traditional Japanese jujutsu. And uh, because I started training back when I was thirteen, actually I'd seen Hoyos crazy. But uh, where I live, I live on like the countryside in Denmark, and I, that was in two thousand and two. And I think the first gym wasn't like. Like BJJ gym was in 2001 or 2000, no, 2002, I think, in Denmark. And it was really far from my house. So I, I found uh, some place where they did like some traditional uh, jujitsu, you know, like more like um, 
uh, wrist locks and self defense and, and that kind of stuff. And but then they have some. Uh, I think it's German actually. The 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 system like they call sport uh, sport jujitsu or sport jujutsu. Uh, where it's like the standing up is like uh, karate, uh, just uh, no uh, no contact, uh, not full contact, just semi. I don't know what you call it, semi contact, and then like a judo fight. Um, when as soon as you grab, then you can punch, and then it's like takedowns and on the ground too. So uh, my first competition wasn't wasn't that when I was like fourteen, and I remember that I like I was so consumed, I got so consumed by the adrenaline that I didn't remember anything that had happened, you know. And then my first uh, jiu-jitsu tournament was actually, it was a Noki tournament and uh, with like ADCC rules, uh, heel hooks and everything when I was 15. And back then in Denmark, <laughs> there were no, um, there were no uh, juvenile classes or kids uh, classes. So I just fought with the adults uh, when I was 15. And I ended up uh, winning uh, that tournament, but um, but I just remember I couldn't remember anything about uh, my fights, what happened. Uh, but then after I, when I started competing more, and uh, I think it's not only the number of competitions, but even now, if if I've been not so much now, but before, if I would have fight one tournament and I hadn't fought in a long time, I would get really nervous. But then if I would fight again already the next month, then I would be more calm. It's the same actually I feel today as well when I sometimes I fight better on the second day like the first day and the absolute sometimes I have like nerves just like the the first few fights and then I start to relax and then a lot of times I'll fight better on the second day because I guess the body like loosens up and, and stuff but uh yeah but I, I used to get nervous and I get nervous as well uh, now but I just I'm getting better at dealing with it it sounds like it. Um, do, so, do you will you do a smaller tournament before a big one to help get the get rid of some of the nerves? Yeah, no, I don't think I don't feel like I, I need it too much uh, anymore. Actually, okay. I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty calm. Like maybe I'll, I'll do it now when I'm coming back from from surgery just to see how it, um, I'm feeling. Maybe I'll do a small tournament first, but I'll see. But I I think it's it, there's ne- never too it's not like too long between my competitions. Like they can be like six months or a bit more sometimes even, but, but it's not like too much. So, uh, a student, uh, that you have in it's their first year, what would be like a good goal for them to have to reach for? Uh, are we talking about a, a student who wants to be a competitor or just like the average uh, student? Let's just go with the average student who just uh, just is finding jujitsu training two or three times a week. And uh, yeah, so for in the first year, I think um, just learning the the basics, uh, trying to focus on learning the basics and not trying to. I think uh, the first year is too early. You can you can watch matches and stuff, but you shouldn't be watching too many instructionals and stuff. Uh, actually, I saw that with a, a lot of people. Uh, like back in uh, in Denmark, uh, we didn't have any. We didn't have really a lot of teachers back then when it started. You know, so some people they there were some people that would come from Sweden. They had they started a bit before, and then they would bring guys for seminars and stuff. But then some people would get really caught up in that, uh, like sitting and watching instructional videos. And I don't just don't think that. 
I think if you already have a good base, then you can get inspired and you can get like a, you can learn some moves and you can start uh, practicing it yourself and you, or get your teachers to help you with the details and stuff. But you're not gonna learn it just from because it's not only about learning the techniques and all the details. It's about having someone watching you and seeing if you're doing it right and what explaining what situations you can use it in and stuff. So I. Um, I'm sorry, I uh, I forgot the question. I, I talked too much. <laughs> I I love your answer. I think that's a a, a very common mistake for a first year student is to start watching uh, YouTube all the time, and they just yeah. it's not necessarily helpful because it's like you said they're not getting the feedback from an instructor when they watch that. They may not be having. They may not have their basics down. They may not. Uh, yeah. You know they might be missing lines. So that's that's really good advice for uh, somebody who's who's starting with jiu-jitsu is to just avoid uh, you know that or or that. And it's it's hard to not watch some jiu-jitsu because it's fun to watch, uh, you know. Yeah. But um, that's not your main place to go to learn. It's it's your it's on the mat. It's with your instructor, right? Yeah, I think like seminars you uh, you can learn a, a lot from. I remember like if it's a good. A guy that doesn't just just show like random positions, but about the concepts as well. And we were lucky that we had um, we had uh, like uh, guys like uh, Leo Vieira and uh, guys like that uh, coming and helping us. Like they w- would go regularly to Denmark back when I lived there and, uh, and do seminars and uh, and that was like really helpful. But like instructionals, I've I've never been too much of a fan. Uh, of it, like, but it's uh, sometimes I see something in in a competition, someone doing it, and then you can start maybe working on um, discussing it. But but that's like that's not for a, a beginner. I think I think a beginner should he can watch them and stuff, but but he shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't. He shouldn't be like uh, trying to do like uh, beating bull or or inverted guard and stuff like the first year. I think he should get the the focus on the basics. Now we we touched on this a little bit earlier that you prefer to focus on uh, getting yourself better, uh, opposed to just training training to compete against the the guys that you uh, you know you know you're going to meet certain guys in a tournament. Um, you, you just they're good, you're good, you're going to end up eventually having a match with them. Uh, but you want to focus on getting your jiu-jitsu better. But do you if one of your competitors has an instructional uh, DVD out, would you watch that and kind of pick up and see um, and learn from them what they're doing? No, no. <laughs> just curious. I just well, I watch their fights. Yeah, watch their fights. But I already, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a nerd myself, like when, uh, about jujitsu. So I already watch all, all fights that come out. Like not, not, not that, not only to study. I, I always do that if I'm going to a tournament and I see, okay, I'm probably going to be fighting this guy. Then I re, maybe rewatch or watch some matches I haven't seen. But I've, like from the big tournaments, I've already. I've already I've already seen most of the the, the matches, so like I, I like I really like to to watch watch it, you know. So yeah, but uh, I think it's good as well to have a, like a strategy and and you can see with the, some guys. Okay, you can't make like a, a comp, like a really tight uh, strategy. It's probably it's a lot of times it's going to be difficult, but like sometimes I do make a strategy like, okay, and I, I know like, this guy does this, so I have to be careful about that. Or, or this guy, he likes, uh, he, he, he doesn't tap on the, the foot. It's difficult. Then I'll, 
I, I, I won't be be going too much for that or something like just uh, seeing people's weaknesses and I think that's important as well when you get to like a a high level for sure I, I always did that I would also always even when I was like purple and brown belt I would like yeah, Google all the all the names of the guys that were in my category so to kind of see if there was some footage on them or something yeah, yeah. kind of help help get you ready uh, mentally it, it, and definitely at that level um, you could research and learn about uh, what your competitors best moves are and, and kind of be right more ready for that right uh, exactly. Do you have any sponsors you want to thank or, or mention? Yeah, uh, my sponsor, uh, Tatami Fightwear. That's my main sponsor. And then also my sponsor from Denmark that they've been with me since, uh, since I was a purple belt back in 2010. Uh, Knockout Sports. I want to thank them as well. What, what does, what do they sell? Knockout Sports? They do, they do like, they sell, um, uh, martial arts gear. Like they do for MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, and I think even they have karate and some stuff. They like general martial arts here. It's a shop in in, uh, in Denmark in Copenhagen. Oh, cool! I'll put uh, links to both those on the on the website there. Um, nice. How would somebody keep up with you? And and uh, hopefully we'll all see that your your knee heals perfectly, and 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 then we'll get to to watch you as you compete again uh, fairly soon. How would we how would we best keep up with you and and what you're up to? Yeah, you can, uh, you can, uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook, uh, Alexander Trans, and on uh, Instagram as well, Alexander Trans, just, uh, at uh, Alexander Trans. And, um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm putting up, uh, like, uh, things about my, my training and when I'm competing and stuff like that. So if people wanna, wanna follow what's happening, like, in, in my career, they can, they can check that out. So we got your Facebook page there and um, your Instagram. If somebody wants to get you for a seminar, is that possible? Can, are you able to, to do that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, you can just write me on my Facebook or on my email. That's uh, alex.bjj.dk at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, this uh, the rest of the year now, I'm, I'm just going to be focused on doing doing seminars uh, until I, I'm, I'm able to start training again. But uh, after that, I'll also be, I'll be, I'll be giving seminars as well. Uh, also, people can schedule in the U.S. as well when, when I'm, when I'm going to compete there or, or anytime. So just, uh, if you're interested, you can just write me on Facebook or on my, my email. That's perfect. And, and if you're already in the U.S., you'd be happy to try to make a, a, a trip to, to do a seminar somewhere else, right? Is that sounds like? A... Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, cool. Well, that's, that's a great opportunity to bring somebody uh, like you into the gym and, and, and have you teach a, a seminar to the, to the students. Yeah, it, uh, it would be a pleasure. I uh, really appreciate you jumping on here. I, uh, wish you well on healing up your knee and uh, excited to see you back on the mat soon. So thank you for uh, giving us the interview, sir. Thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, well, first of all, we want to thank Alexander Trans uh, for the interview. Uh, I guarantee we're all going to learn something. One thing that really stuck out to me was uh, just how tough he is. Um, you know, he's talking about in the worlds where he hurt his knee uh, in a great amount of pain uh, and basically – kept kept going and ended up winning that match uh, 
you know, you never know how much damage he did to his knee extra. Um, you know, it's a golden win, and he just kept going, ignored the pain, and and uh, I mean, just he's just so tough, just to keep going. That uh, that really, uh, uh, you know, I, when he was talking about that, it just made me, you know, think about all the pain he must have been in. Yeah, very. Uh you know, it's it's you know the gentle art, and and we try to do things smoothly, but sometimes it comes down to just being uh, tougher than the other guy too. Yeah, and, uh, he definitely yeah. can demonstrate that. You know, so it's easy to be a, a a champion when you just when everything goes your way all the time, but when you have to fight through some of that pain, you know, and uh, it really shows that character and heart. Yeah, and it may, also I was thinking about it. Um, you know, he said he hurt his knee, but. Uh, I was thinking about how he, he talks about how he, he does a ton of leg locks. You know, he's constantly attacking. He'll go for a sweep just to get the guy to defend the sweep to base out and then switch to a leg lock. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, the parallels to that, how he, you know, leg locks and he ended up with a hurt knee. It's not not that I'm saying leg locks hurt knees, but it made me think about when he was talking about the pain he went in, you know, on his knee. And, and then he was talking about how he loves leg locks. And, and I'm a leg lock guy. So, uh uh, that part really, uh, you know, I was really uh, intently listening to that part there. Yeah, it's uh, it's so nice of, of such world class athletes to come in here and share their knowledge and, and their stories with us. So, yeah, uh, we still appreciate that after nine nine episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty humbling uh, to think that uh, some guy of that talent uh, would take the time to talk to us and or take the time to talk to all of us. I mean, it's not just me and you; it's our listeners and and. Uh, you know, we all appreciate it so much. He probably doesn't realize that he's making us better in Dubai. He's making everybody who's listening better. Uh, so he's he's definitely taught a lot of people here today. So uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Gary, we, we are uh, still in the business of giving out free gi patches to anybody in the United States who uh, writes us a, a interesting uh, review on iTunes. How would you go about getting that gi patch there, Byron? Well, you just get on iTunes there and, and write us a review. Hopefully, we've, we've earned five stars. Uh, send us an email at bjjbrick at gmail.com. Let us know you did this, and uh, we'll get with you, get your address, and send one out. Pretty simple. Um, I had a few that were delayed when I was out of the country. I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get it to you when I get back. you know. And so, But now it's uh, probably we'll get mailed out in a couple of days. Uh, we've got a few few reviews we could read, so yeah, let's check those out. Um, I, uh, one of these is kind of a little bit longer, but uh, I really I really enjoyed it. This this person uh, uh, started Jitsu about a month ago. He listened to every episode. He's now up to episode ninety three. So that's like a lot of listening in a short amount of time. So uh, I really thank you for that. That's that's crazy that someone would be able to listen to that much of us and uh, still like it. <laughs> but he, he mentions uh, Gary's taught him a ton about gangs and underwater knife fighting and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, I, I was laughing at the end of it. Um, please start doing two episodes, two shows per week. Yeah, that's unlikely. <laughs> we'd like to. And then we'd, it, up, we'd lose some training time. Yeah, he says, if I'm ever in the middle of nowhere or wherever you guys uh, live, I'd be honored to have you choke me out and I'd even let Gary take a selfie with my wife. <laughs> Oh, that <laughs> that's from awesome. Aaron. So yeah, it seems like uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are mentioning me. Um, we also had another uh, review, and uh, uh, the guys uh, Camillo, Camillo, and I don't want to can't pronounce the last name there. Um, but uh, uh, Camillo was talking about the great Mister Jokes, Jujitsu knowledge, advice, and uh, great guests. And uh, but I like how he said, uh, "Can't wait to visit their gym in Kansas." Spaz out rolling with either of them while tr- while trying a flying barambola. 
and in parentheses, preferably on Gary since he's older. I got a a kick out of that one. (laughs) Uh, We've got one from uh, uh, New Mommy Stew. (laughs) Great show definitely helps me with my game. Saw Byron rolling with Gary the other day, and he tapped more times than Danny Kay. That's a good one. And you know what's cool? We got one from Eloise in New Zealand. Uh, love the podcast. As a newbie to the match, I find it super helpful in moving forward with my attitude and progression towards my turning partner. Great guests and very witter banter. Must be talking about Byron. Keep up the great work, guys. So thank you all for the uh, for the uh, reviews. Yep, very motivating, and uh, and we always look forward to getting those. And it seems like we just make it every month. We kind of read out the reviews and what we get, and it kind of is fun to share those with everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're talking about reviews. Uh, you can also uh, write us a little review on social media. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, you can always go on there and, uh, you know, type us out a comment if you want there. Uh, so we're on uh, Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we don't get Twitter. We're not as smart on Twitter, <laughs> I guess, as we are on Facebook. Um, but basically, uh, you know, you can contact us either one of those spots. Uh, send us an email at bjjbrick at gmail.com. Or my home phone number is Erico three one six. I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> but definitely uh, you know get in touch with us if you have any co- comments or concerns or or ways to make the show better. Uh, uh, give us a call and let us know. Yep, always uh, looking to get better. Also, I know we talked about the Facebook page, uh, but you know I've got uh, uh, you know kind of like what we talked about today. I've got a question for the audience there. If you guys want to. Uh, put your answers on our Facebook page. But, uh, you know, we're talking about how Byron had traveled to Burma and had trained there. Uh, you know, let us know where you've traveled uh, for vacation and where you've trained at. Uh, I think that'd be kind of neat just to uh, see where everybody's trained. It doesn't matter if you just went to the next town. It's always cool to uh, go somewhere different. Yep. I think it'd be easiest if they just put it on, like, the episode, you know, like, uh, as the comments there, just say, yeah, that probably, makes sense. everyone can see it there because I think when people post on our Facebook page, it doesn't. Uh, most people don't see that. We just see it, and some of oh, I didn't find know that. that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that either. But uh, it, you know, we're not the best at social media, <laughs> as you guys can probably tell. <laughs> but uh, next week's show, we're running. Uh, you know, one week away here, and I do have to edit the the show uh, before you know the week is up. So uh, we're still looking for your stories about. Um, how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has helped you off of the mat. So if you're able to contribute a story, um, please do that earlier in the week rather than later. We'd love to get uh, to get more audience uh, feedback on this. Um, just how it's helped you, whether it's giving you more confidence, whether it's helped you, you know, just better health or whatever it may be. If you could kind of uh, share that, some examples, or share a story about how Jiu-Jitsu has helped you. Uh, I know Gary and I are working on our story and, and make it about five minutes long or less. Um, the easiest way would be to record a uh, thing with your phone. Your phone has a microphone and a, and a recorder, and you could record that. Go to Quiet Room, record it, and uh, send it to us. Just email us the, at bjjbrick at gmail.com, and we'll just happy to throw that in, and we'll have hopefully we'll have a nice episode of uh, good uh, testimonials about how Jiu-Jitsu helps people. So that would be a fun one. Definitely. That's going to be a cool show. Uh, Gary, everyone is anxious to know about your next ebook that's coming out. Byron, as always, since you are my manager, what is my next ebook that I have coming out? I know, I know I've worked on a ton of these here lately. <laughs> you have been, and you've been working on this one. Um, this one's titled Monsters and Bad Guys. Um, 
learn from my mistakes when I check under the bed. So, Gary, yeah. just give us a little bit of a little preview of this book. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, you know, uh, Monsters and Bad Guys, uh, basically I'm going to tell you about all the mistakes I made, you know, when I would check under the bed. I mean, there I've had some horrific mistakes, <laughs> and uh, I do not want anybody to go into that. But, you know, one of the big ones is uh, when I was a kid, I found a rattlesnake. And uh, I did not want my parents to know I had a rattlesnake. So, as usual, what most kids do, I snuck it into my house. And where do you think I put it? Under my bed. Boom. So then at night, I would always check under my bed to make sure there were no monsters or bad guys. I forgot the rattlesnake was there. And I got bit. And I do not want that to happen to anybody. So whatever you do, do not hide a rattlesnake under your bed. Where did it bite you? Oh, it just bit me in the face. <laughs> that explains some of the, the things I've noticed about your face. You've been wondering what happened to my nose. <laughs> you know, why uh, Why I look like this, and now you know. A rattlesnake is a child, huh? Yep, so. What kind of what kind of protective gear do you recommend when you're going to search underneath a bed? You know, really, a suit of armor. Yeah? I mean, suit of armor is great. I mean, uh, I mean it's very heavy, and I would recommend after you've checked under the bed to take it off because otherwise it can be very hot and clunky trying to sleep in it but a suit of armor when you're checking under the bed so like i could i could picture my routine you know i i go to my room i go to the bathroom brush my teeth and get ready you know kind of wash my face and then uh, right before i go to bed put on a suit of armor check underneath the bed get the all clear take off the armor probably need to shower because i did yep. get i did get sweaty my friends the and one then, thing uh, i would also advise after you put on the uh, the suit of armor, make sure you have anti venom ready just in case there is a rattlesnake. That's quality advice, and I did see uh, a cobra get uh, milked in uh, Thailand while I was there. Oh, and speaking of a cobra, I do see that uh, a cobra is loose <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. Somebody's pet cobra got loose. Oh man! Yep. How would you like to live next door to that guy? Huh. I don't know. I don't. I think I could uh, just avoid the cobra. Hopefully. Well, it's because you wore a suit of armor and you don't check under your bed. See. There we go. This episode, we should make sure everybody in Orlando listens to it. This is. Uh, this could be life-saving information. Yes. So, another quality uh, audio book or ebook coming out from Gary there. Uh, yeah, it should be very a bestseller. It, it, it'll be coming out very soon. Yes. So. It's been a fun episode. We were really excited about uh, episode 100. Uh, Please share your stories with us, and uh, we'll be happy to share them with the community. Uh, We definitely need some more. Um, The sooner the better, though. Uh, If you're ever in Wichita, that's in Kansas, that's in the middle of the United States, drop us a line, uh, and we'd be happy to train with you. And we'll even let you do a flying barambola on me since I'm older. (laughs) It's easier to do it on, Carrie, that's for sure. Yeah, us older guys, we break down easier. (laughs) Well, as always, stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> so he said uh, nothing in this world can take the place of perseverance. 
I think it's persistence. <laughs> Let me reread that. Nothing in this world can take the 